From June 13th to June 15th, 2023, the Human Rights Foundation's community came together to celebrate the 15th edition of the Oslo Freedom Forum at the Oslo Concertus in Norway. Guests from all corners of the globe joined together for a masterclass on the year's most pressing human rights issues and to brainstorm new ways to expand freedom worldwide. Our theme, Celebrating Solidarity, honored the spirit of unity, mentorship, and connection that the Oslo Freedom Forum has fostered over the last decade and a half. The 2023 program featured inspiring talks by global activists, scholars, and journalists, including from Bolivia to Swaziland to Egypt, Ukraine, Palestine, and the Uyghur region. These are their stories, united around the common recognition that when we stand in solidarity with the brave dissidents and human rights defenders who are challenging authoritarianism around the world, we can unravel tyranny together. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators, a series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. Good morning. In the late evening of January the 21st this year, my principal in articles of clerkship, who turned to be a brother, a longtime mentor, a colleague, and a partner in my law firm, Tulane Masego, was gunned down in his home in front of his wife and children. It was a cruel scene. I still cannot get out of my head hearing Mrs. Masego tell me he is cold. She then described an assassination executed by a skilled assassin. I stood there in shock and in fear. Here was tangible evidence that the state had executed somebody they viewed as a threat. And they did this in the comfort of his home. And there I was, standing in my own living room with my own family. I found myself saying the prayer that if this must happen to us, I pray that it happens away from the eyes of our families. I was caught there wondering who's next. You see, there's talk of an assassination list for the pro-democracy movement, which is contracted to South African mercenaries. The safety concerns faced by the Masego that frightful evening is unlike safety concerns I had when I was growing up in my childhood home. I grew up in a then upper middle class neighborhood from a professional family. I'm one of six children, three boys and three girls. Our home was a home without violence. But that changed for us when my father took up membership and then leadership of the largest banned political party calling for democracy and challenging the feudal system of absolute monarchy. What we knew as normal life changed. And in 1990, my father was imprisoned on Trump charges of high treason. Fortunately, my father had access to lawyers and he was acquitted. And when my father came home, 
we believed we would be safe again. Life would go back to what we knew as normal. But little did we know that from then, whenever there were protests in my country, whenever there was labor activity or political dissent, our home would be raided. The army, the police would come in trucks. They would jump over the gates without warrant. We would be confined to the living room as they searched our home from the early hours of the morning until mid-morning. My father would be confined, would then be confined to house arrest or be taken away. This was terrifying, not only to us, but to the entire neighborhood. This went on for years. You see, my family and I know all too well how it feels to stand against the state alone. I, for one, know how it feels to be denied opportunities and be marginalized simply because of my father's dissidence. But in although we were still much fortunate compared to most ordinary families in Swaziland, they do not have access to legal representation. My father was arrested again in 2009 on charges of, under the Suppression of Terrorism Act. It was my now late friend, Tulani Masego, who represented him. You see, access to legal representation is very vital. Because in my country, the judiciary, like every absolute monarch, is under the hand and thumb of the absolute monarch. He appoints and dismisses judges as he pleases. He is immune to the law. In fact, when you try to think about the king I'm talking about, think more Henry VIII, not Queen Elizabeth, or Charles III. We literally live at his whim. Imagine, if you may, what happened to us in 2018. We went to bed in our country, knowing it, like you, to be Swaziland. We woke up the next morning the country's name had changed to a Swatini. We found out just like you found out. This was done without consultation. There's only one man who dared to challenge this. Blatant abuse of power. He took the king to court. That's the unthinkable. That person is Tulane Masego. In 2021, when a university student, Tabango Monye, died in police custody, people first went to the streets to demand justice for Tabang. But because of the many factors in my country, these quickly then became demands for multi-party democracy. There were peaceful protests. But these peaceful protests were met with tear gas, beatings, life bullets, and arrests. I brought together a small group of attorneys to respond to this unlawful arrest. We represented people who come from a majority 
poor and marginalized communities. These people face charges under the Public Order Act or the Suppression of Terrorism Act. You see, the Suppression of Terrorism Act is a piece of legislation that the state uses against most people in the pro-democracy movement. And us, the lawyers who give representation to these people, are then accused of promoting terrorism. And for that, we get intimidated by the state and sometimes judicial officers. For our trouble, one of my colleagues survived an assassination attack. And Tulani Masego, as you know, he did not. And as for me, walking around this couple of days in Oslo has really been the first time I walk around freely without worrying and thinking about the presence of the Royal Eswatini Police following and shadowing me around, driving in white, unmarked South African registered cars. You know, I miss them. I wonder what they're doing. You know, the violent repression has not stopped. Tulane was part of this group. And, and, and it took leadership of strategic litigation. We challenged the shutdown of the internet. We challenged the presence of the military in schools. We challenged the arrest of minors. What is happening in my country could have simply been avoided. Because there are parallel waves now of attacks on authorities or the pro-democracy movement. And this all could have simply been avoided had the king decided to listen to these peaceful protests and demands from the people. Not unlike that 18th century French monarch. We're a small country that's been calling and crying for intervention. But our pleas become background noise amidst game played by powerful nations. An example of this is just the day after Tulane had been assassinated, we saw Russia's foreign minister visit our country to offer security assistance to the absolute monarch's government. And quickly, we, show, we saw diplomats changing posture. Now they don't want to push too hard on the monarch to move from repression, but, and then concentrate on dialogue. They're shying away. South Africa, the democracy, big economy, our neighbor, they also fall here. They're not doing anything about this. They have the power and the influence, but they're simply not doing. And then we have a champion of democracy in Taiwan. But Taiwan is friendly with our absolute monarch. This is because we remain the last African nation to maintain relations with Taiwan, I'm sure to the pleasure of the West and displeasure of Beijing. In 2014,
when Tulani was arrested and imprisoned, we saw the free world stand up and call out the monarch. And for doing that, Tulani was released from prison. Your interventions really helped. And although the world has changed, we believe you can do the same today still. Just before I left my country, my colleagues and I were in the process of supporting over 300 families of victims of the repression. These are families that lost loved ones, a limb, or suffered traumatic experiences. They are being intimidated from continuing with the lawsuits against the state. Now, we are setting up the Swaziland Litigation Center to provide support to such cases and many more. Now, if you are in the legal profession or a legal student, we are inviting you to support our work. Be part of the work that we're doing supporting such cases. If you are in tech, IT, help us develop systems that will help us keep our documents more securely so that we're not, they're not lost when they are taken from us. If you're in academia, we're calling upon you to help us build a research repository for the human rights jurisprudence in Swaziland. And as for the public, we are calling upon you to call for justice for Tulani. We are calling upon you to urge your governments to call out our monarch when it stages sham elections later this year. We're calling upon you to urge your government to place targeted sanctions on the absolute monarch and members of the government. Now, as Swazis were resolute that we cannot continue to live at the whims of an absolute monarch. And as Tulane said when he stood on this very stage, in 2016, we shall not surrender. I beg upon you to make his vote and his voice matter. Thank you.